I'm no longer bound, I'm no longer chained, I'm no longer captive, no longer restrained. Delivered, set free, and free to be me. Let me introduce myself. Welcome, everybody, to Be the Light. This is Pastor Zachary Robinson, and I interviewed Pastor Sabrina Boyd, and we talked about divorce and life after divorce. We also had a chance to talk about the emotions and triggers that divorce calls. So please tune in because this is a show you don't want to miss. My name is Freedom. Welcome everybody to Be The Light. This is Pastor Zakia Robinson and I have Pastor Sabrina Boyd back on the show. Hi, how are you today? Hi, I'm good. Yourself? I'm doing good. Thank you for joining us today. And so guess what, everyone? I, what we're going to talk about today is a hot topic. And I say it's a hot topic because it's a topic that many people really don't talk about. You know, we hear about marriage and we hear about all the good things. And then we hear about abuse and things that take place. But what we want to talk about today is we want to talk about um, divorce and also people who goes through narcissistic abuse in, in the marriage or in the relationship. Because um, as you see, I don't know if you're noticing, Pastor Sabrina, that there's a lot of narcissistic people out there now. Okay. I mean, like it's being pushed out more and more where people are beginning to actually understand what this really is. Mm -hmm. And I know for myself, I didn't realize what it was until like maybe, and it's going to probably sound sad, probably about six years ago. I started to learn about it, not realizing that this is a hot topic, a hot thing that people need to know about. And so, um, we're going to just start off with really just talking about that and talking about divorce. And we both are women who've been through divorce. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, one of the things when um, I initially decided to go ahead and go through with the divorce, I did not know God then. Okay. And I always mention that in my shows from show to show is that I never had the relationship that I have with him now. And so I didn't know the biblical standards. I didn't know what was okay. What was not okay. Because honestly, when you look into the culture, you look into your family histories, you just see people just getting divorced just cause, because they're not working out or because, you know, this person cheated. It's just, it's just happening, but no one talks about the biblical standard on it. No one talks about the after effect on it. And it's just like, as if it happens and now they're split up and now they're with new people. And so what is your intake when it comes to divorce? Because you're also a person who went through it. I, I would say to, um, in my experience, um, being divorced, well, being married and then divorced, when a man is abusive, you do not have to stay with him because, you know, you, you're saying some people live in the Old Testament, but the New Testament is, you know, God ain't telling you to stay with no man when he's beating you. Um, that's not of God. So in my marriage, when that man... Start showing those signs and and um coming up against me like that again because like I would say I felt I would again you get the intuition and you you know you don't have to stay there. Some women just stay so they can say they got a man, but I can wear my own britches and <laughs> I fight back. Okay, I fight back, and all I remember saying to myself was I might not make it out this time. You have people, by him being abusive, that's in him. Again, change is available, but you have to be willing to change. You do not have to stay in a domestic or narcissistic 
um, relationship or marriage. It's free will, free will. You don't have to be a, 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 vet, a target or a punching bag for anybody. No one, relationship, marriage or not. But I chose to leave because I said, I might not make it out of this. And I, I share that sincerely. Um, you don't have to be anybody's punching bag. You can, you can get a divorce, you can leave. Uh, and throughout that divorce, and once I had did my divorce, I did everything. everything. They was like, how in the world did that, you, that happen so quick? I said, because of Jesus. <laughs> I said, we're true and living a God. Now, I don't have, you, you have no, you don't have to stay in that. So I'm saying that to say this. Once you get the divorce, there's still an emotional attachment um, to that. I, I, I wasn't even thinking I was going to go through that. Um, but I did. The emotional part of, um, should I? I should I have did that, or uh, maybe I didn't. I didn't give him a chance to change, or uh, maybe I was supposed to do this, or uh, maybe I went through that. I went through that, and what God kept giving me was a premonition, and that's what kept me, because God had already showed me before He came. This is not real. And let me say this to you, women of God. You get the um, the imitation before you get the real thing. You mm -hmm. got to be tested and tried to make sure you, you know what you really want. If you don't know who you are as a woman and you don't know your true being, um, you don't get to know yourself, then you're willing to accept anything. But you got to know who you is. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying that in the Lord, you got to know who who God is. Once you know who He is, then that what presents itself or imitating itself that a, a wolf in sheep clothing. Mm -mm. Yes, you take that somewhere else. Uh uh uh. -uh. But you do go through an emotional um um part once you get the divorce. Once you go through the divorce, yeah, you done signed the papers and you got your name back and everything. Okay, yeah. But you go through that and you do cry and you do second guess. Well maybe I just you know, maybe he but you better remember them them when he was putting his hand up to get ready to hit you, uh, uh when he did what he did and think on those things. You don't have to be a punching bag for nobody. You already don't got to go through enough things in life. So why why um, subject yourself to being somebody's punching bag because they don't know how to deal with their... And that's another thing. If the man has low self-esteem, you can't change that. If he has different things, then you ask the man, women, ask the men, what did their mother do? What did their father do? We don't ask the questions and that's what my ex-husband kept saying to me you never mm -hmm. ask the question we have to ask the question ask the questions there's never a dumb question ask a question but don't be a punch bag for nobody but you do go through emotional um oh did should i did i do the right thing well everybody else got a husband don't worry about what everybody else got yeah, I definitely want to um, talk about two of the things that you had said. One is about the emotions and two about the signs, because I know 
um, when it comes to divorce, like, like you said, you feel good about it, but you don't realize that you're getting ready to go through an emotional roller coaster at the same time. Mm -hmm. And the best way to explain that is when like one minute you're happy, next minute you're sad, next minute you're depressed, next minute you're stressed. Like it's literally like losing someone physically to death. Yeah. Okay. Like you, you had to separate because of certain situations and circumstances, but at the same time, you're joyful about it. But then you have all the thoughts of the what if it would, what it could have been with this person have shown you in the first place. And it's yeah. like, man, only if they would have stayed that way, we could have been perfect. It could have been yeah. this. And it's yeah. like you go through these different emotions, not realizing that this took a toll on me. And, yeah. and the key word was soul ties. OK, the yeah. soul ties are extremely tight <laughs> it's called a soul tie for a reason it's hard to get knots out okay yeah. it takes time to get a knot out or a kink out and then the other thing i wanted to mention was the signs okay because a lot of times we get the signs early on we see the signs early on we hear the presence of god telling us and eh, eh, this is not right for you right. but yet we do it anyway and then a lot of times we do it anyway and then you got family telling you you got friends telling you you yeah. got people like literally texting you out of the blue and saying hey this was led on my spirit to send you this or the holy spirit told me to say this to you and they don't even know that you're in a relationship they don't even know what you're going through mm -hmm. but because we already kind of put ourselves in this relationship and this just hit my spirit, posting about the relationship too soon on social media and then having to take that picture down and people in your business, like all of that plays and has like a play in what takes place. Right. And so for me, I would definitely say that my family told me early on was like they called me Zay. They was like, Zay, I'm telling you now. Don't you do this. I'm telling you now, this is not the person from you. I'm telling you, like, you, you need to be very careful about what you're doing. And I'm just like, whatever. They don't know what they're talking about. You know, they don't know what they're talking about. They're just trying to stop my fun. Pretty much is what you're thinking. Yeah. Not realizing that mama sees something that you don't see. Okay, especially when she's more connected to the source, which is, which is our father in heaven. And I wasn't connected at all. Okay. And so the crazy thing is, is this out, like just thinking about, um, everything that I've been through one, one moment came up just now. And it's literally, I had the vision of like God was showing me of how little this person cared for me and how little they thought of me. Um, I remember having this huge argument, right. And I literally was like, I'm going to show them. Okay. I never drunk alcohol before. Okay. Never drunk anything before. And I literally went out to um, the gas station. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I got this, this, this drink. Okay. They had like seven point something. No, I think it was like, I think it was a little higher than 7.5% of alcohol. Now for someone who's never drunk and you drink two of those, you're going to be pretty messed up. Okay. Cause you've never had anything in your system. Okay. Uh -huh. Me not realizing what I was doing. I never had any knowledge on it. I literally drunk two of these, these things. And I remember waking up in a pool of throw up and I, when I woke up, I was, I couldn't see everything was very blurry. I could, I mean, I was trying to feel my way to the bed. I was seeing like two toilets, two mm. sinks, like two of everything. I couldn't make my way. And I finally reached the toilet and began to even throw up even more. So that next day they told me that they heard me in there throwing up. They heard me in there 
They never came and checked on me, never came to see if I was okay. All right. And I even remember um, going in there before I passed out. I remember going in there saying something to them and I don't remember what I said, but I, 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 I vaguely remembered like them, like kind of like just shoot me off. Like you looking crazy. I can't believe you just did that. Like just go, go to sleep type thing. Yeah. And Thinking back on that now, and it's like God was showing me that this person has no good intentions for you, because even if you're in an argument with someone who truly loves you and you do something like that, they will be at your back and call. And that's even now, like I could have died in that. I could have gotten alcohol poison. I could have literally died that day. Yeah. And end up in eternal hell. Yeah. And the thing that um, that comes to my mind right now is that the grace and the mercy of God yes. saved yes. me. Yes, urge me because yes. I could have, I could have literally drowned in that. Yeah. Okay, don't even remember it. I don't even yeah. remember throwing up. But it's like I allowed that relationship to take me to a point to drive me to do something that I've never done. Yeah, and that's how I knew then. Like looking back, I should have known then that yeah. that was right for me. But yeah. what did I do? Continue to pursue, continue to be in the relationship. And then I was in this relationship 10 plus years and I look up and it's like, what do you have to show for it? You in, I was in this relationship 10 years, still ended up in divorce. Yeah. And it's like, you're tr- some people, they trying to hold on in hopes for the change. The what if they change? What if this? But the thing is, what if it don't? Okay. And so... Just, you know, I'm getting ready to, to stop. I know I've been talking for a while, but one thing that I realize even now is that when you're facing a situation as divorce, you need to go to God yeah. and you need to ask God, what is it you want me to do about this relationship? Because a lot of times we hear, we, we start talking to people, we start telling everybody what's going on. You got this person saying divorce, you got this person saying not to divorce, you got this person doing this. And it's like, you're getting a lot of information. But we need to get reconnected with what God says you need to do because everybody around you can say divorce. But what if God saying, I need you to stay here for a second. I need you to learn for a second. I need you to I need you to wait. But then you prematurely jump out of it. And God's like, that's not what I told you to do because you listen to somebody else. You may have to repeat that cycle. You know, you never know. That's it. But it, God does not condone um, abuse. Mm-hmm. If that person is um, is abusive, if they're um, abusive, you, he doesn't condone that. Um, and you're free to leave. I'm a living witness of that. It's either your life or, or, um, or your freedom. And I choose freedom. Um, mm-hmm. When the sun set free, it's truly free indeed. And I knew that beyond a shadow of a doubt. Because again, like I said, I fight back. I hit back. So it's either going to be him or me. And, and and my ex husband was six four. Was he six four? Mm. Yeah, he was six four. And my little hand, my one hand, ain't no way hit. This make one of his hands. So like I like I said, um, there are uh, spirits that the devil tries to assign to you. But I don't belong to him. I belong to the Lord, mm-hmm. and that's why God created a way of escape um, through that through that marriage that I chose. That's not what God chose for me. We right. make decisions because we think we know, but God knows better. Um, so I say to any woman that is in an abusive relationship, be it married, be it boyfriend, girlfriend, there is a way of escape. And if you ask the Lord 
to help you and, and, and he will direct you and lead you in the way that you should go. But I do know this. It takes a woman seven times um, to leave an abusive relationship. Um, seven t attempts um, to leave a relationship because she's going to go back to that. Because if you don't know what love is, and that's why God gave us the word of God. Okay. If you don't know what love is. A, a whoop and sheep clothing could come and imitate something. But I'll tell you this one thing. That wolf can only stay in that sheep clothing for a little amount of time. He's going to have to come out of there because it's hot. So, and I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. The Holy mm -hmm. Ghost fire. He got to come out of there. But uh, I, do I do remember this. When I was in my home, the Holy Spirit told me to anoint my house. And when I did that, when I was married, that devil know. And how did the devil know all this stuff? Because he was in heaven. So he knows, but he ain't that smart. I had put blessed oil all in the house. He was not there. And he kept, before he got ready to step in the house, step in the door, he said, you, you don't put um, blessed oil in here. <laughs> He could not. When I tell you, I didn't understand. I'm like, why he got to keep leaving? Couldn't the stand it. can't stay around the light. He can't. He has to get out of there because that fire is hot, women of God. You better know that you know that you know that God is real and he lives within you. But if you're not going to the word of God and you're going to everybody else and asking them, you you not you don't have your sword and shield. You mm -hmm. got to sleep. My mother, I slept with several Bibles. I sleep with Bibles. And I told that devil when he came what he was going to do, how he was going to try to do it, but it ain't going to work. Mm -hmm. I already passed that test. You know, um, so then you become wise as a serpent. Uh -huh. When you mm -hmm. was in the world, you probably was slick and cunning just like a snake. But once you have been bitten, my Lord, my Lord, you become <laughs> wise as a serpent because you know the Lord for yourself. And it's a personal thing. So I challenge you, women of God. I challenge you, women of God, to get to know the Lord for yourself. You ain't got to go ask nobody else about the man of God. You ain't got to ask nobody else because you know him for yourself. And he's real. And he doesn't, he's not, he's consistent. God is consistent what he does. He wakes us up early every morning. He gives us strength in our body. He gives us the use of our limb. God is consistent and he is faithful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's yes. and I want to share you this with you, um, because I start asking like, God, why do I, why do I, why I attract married men? Oh my God, I didn't get to share that earlier, but I'm willing to say I used to marry men. It was a dime a dozen. I was like, hey, that wife must not be doing doing something. It's not that. It's that man. It's not the wife. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, what I learned to do was I started asking God a question like, why, why are I trying to marry me? Um, that it, familiar spirit. Yes. Sure. And then, too, yeah. um, you're not really in control of what you attract. It's what you entertain. If mm -hmm. you're entertaining that spirit, um, you know, you keep entertaining it. So I learned again, you got to ask the questions. And I'm not talking about the people. You got to ask God the questions. And He yes. will, He will, um, 
enlighten your your eyesight and your spiritual awakening, I'll say, um, so that you'll know, try the spirit by the spirit. Um, mm -hmm. But when you entertain that, um, hey, you're entertaining spirits, good and bad. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, and I think we both touched on the same thing is that you need to make sure you're talking to God. You need to make sure that you're getting your instructions from him at the end of the day. Always get your instructions from God. Um, and then another thing I found that was important for me when I was going through the divorce process was being connected to people that was there to help lift me. Yes. Um and I'm not going to lie, like I had some people that lift me in the worldly way. And then I had some people who was really lifting me in like, I won't really necessarily say that they were lifting me up in God because they didn't really mention God, but they were very encouraging. Like, you're going to get through this. You know, this is just a test, you know, just continue to press on. You're doing a good job. Like, you know, when those, those type of encouragements. And then uh, honestly, my family, they didn't really know a lot of the things that was taking place because I always went back like, like, you said it take you said something like it takes seven times sometimes for a woman to really leave or not just a woman even men there are men that is abused by women i want to make sure i point that out it's not just women but the thing is is that it took me a total of like four or five times why because i continue to drag myself back i continue to think about my kids i continue to think about the what ifs the changes and it's like oh i've already put all this much time in it and then of course you got the fears and the what if i can't make it the what if you know um having someone else around my kids it's just like it's so much especially if you have kids with them it's so much that like just compiles itself in your mind and then you find yourself back in there and then for me i was dealing with narcissistic um person and so for me is one of them things where they say they change we can go to counseling we can do this we can do that and then the moment i drag myself back i'll probably say two weeks tops they're back the same. I'm back getting silent treatment. You're not talking to me for weeks at a time. I mean, I went through a lot of that. And we ended up going to counseling one time and they were like, the counselor says, so why did you give her the silent treatment? They said, because it's my form of punishment to her for not doing what I wanted her to do. And so like when you have to understand that when it's coming to a narcissistic person, if you do something that is outside of what they considered, which you should have not done, then you're going to either get some type of silent treatment or you're going to know that you messed up in their eyes. Okay. It could be something simple as the house could was, was spick and span, spick and span, clean, vacuumed, a meal. And they can come and say, why you didn't clean the ceiling fans? I see that the ceiling fans isn't cleaned. And then you get in silent treatment or telling, you know, there's always something to do. Why are you sitting down? Why isn't there a four course meal when you've been home all day? I mean, it was like literally nitpicking at every little thing. And I couldn't understand. And a lot of times, especially when dealing with a narcissistic person, you really start to believe like, is it me? Is am I'm causing these issues? Like, what am I doing wrong? Like, okay, let me try to be this best wife. And in some, some cases, girlfriend for some that I can be so that I can stop making them mad. Let me just do everything that they're asking me to do. Okay. And then what I want to put out there, because some people don't realize this is that some nurse, not even some, I'm going to say all. Okay. Because it's, it's a high rate that all narcissistic people have an addiction, regardless of what it is. They have one addiction at, at least. And the people i have been in multiple narcissistic relationships. And so 
each one of them, one had a, a lust problem and one had an addiction, addiction to alcohol. And so, and what happens is they try to take their addictions yep. and they try to put it on you, yep. try to make you engage in their addiction. Yep. Did you experience any of that? Yes. That's why I was with my baby father for 20 years. Yes. 20 <laughs> years. 20 years. I would leave and, and I would tell you, I would leave in September. And then once I left, then it's, I, I, I'll, I'll explain it like, a, um, I'll describe it as a, cat, a Cadillac. Classic Cadillac. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, they're like a classic because they're used to manipulation and they're used to how to draw you back in. And I would leave because I would be so frustrated. And then I would go back. Mm -hmm. um, and when I went back, it would be the same thing. Then I would leave again. And then it would be the same thing. The verbal abuse, um, the, the um, manipulation, um, the fighting. Um, you know, and, and I'll be fighting, not knowing I'm really, um, I'm fighting a spiritual battle. Yes. You know, I'm fighting a spiritual battle. My, my flesh is weak, but my spirit is willing to align with the Holy Spirit. You know, again, still going to church. I never forget this time. Oh my God. Um, being with somebody for 20 years, I, I was, um, common law married. <laughs> so I never forget this one time. I was getting ready to leave. I was getting ready. To I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I got ready to go out of the house. I never played with guns. I never, because I know bullet that don't have no name on it. It who it hit. I was getting ready to leave. And I had Section 8 before I decided to move in with my father, my baby father. I had Section 8, so I had, you know, coverage for me and my daughter wherever we stayed. And he kept saying, you just move in with me, move in with me. Mm -mm, don't do that. Um, when I moved in with him, I was like, why did I do this? Because they want to control you, tell you what you can't do. You can't have these people over here. And then they take the phones out of the wall because they know I'm going to call my family. But back up, if we get in the fight, I'm going to call 911, the police. I was scared to call the police. But this one particular time I was leaving because I was like, I'm done. I, uh -uh. I got ready to leave. And I, I got ready to leave the place. And when I got ready to leave, he whispered, that devil whispered in my ear, when you come back, the locks on the door going to change. But that wasn't even half of it. Mind you, I used to go to church. I, mm -hmm. I was going to church every every Sunday. When I would come home from church, that devil used to tell me, just because you're going to church don't mean you're going to heaven. When I kid you, that thing used to pierce me in my heart. The manipulator says different little cunning words and the verbal abuse is to degrade you, to make you feel lesser than you feel. But mm. again, that's that spirit that feels about it, how he feels about himself. But again, he's trying to put that plant, that seed in you. And before you know it, you do feel lesser than a person. Mm -hmm. No matter than how what you're striving to do, you try to do it and do it better and it just never works. And I was leaving out that day. And when he said that the lot's gonna be changed, I snapped. Before they start making the show snap, I could have I could have been making that show. I snapped. And when I say snap, everything was out of one. Forgot I had a child or anything. I went to go busting them windows in his car. Police came. I never forget this, Lord. I never forget it. 
the police came. When the police came, um, they had just passed that law. If they come to a house for domestic um, violence, they was locking up both. Mm. They was going to lock up both. They had just passed the law. When the man came, police officer came, was a rookie and a young guy, an uh, older guy and a rookie. And they said, well, what we going to do? They said, we're going to lock up both of them. I wasn't even in no big jail. I was in like a holding place. But when I tell you that Holy Spirit was in there with me, that Holy Spirit, there was nobody else in there. Holy Spirit said, and I remember I was sitting there. I could see. Holy Spirit said, now, you either going to let go or you going to spend the rest of your life in here. Hmm. I cried like a baby. I remember seeing that sterling silver on toilet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm serious, but that the same. When when I got out, I still went back. That's why yeah. I'm telling you, I know how many times it takes. Because you keep going back to it. It don't mm-hmm. even make sense. You can yeah. lose your life. Is your life worth Some that? Some people have lost their lives. Yeah. <laughs> you lose your life. But when I tell you, no matter where I went, I would have encouraging words to show me that light, that God is love. And when I finally, finally, finally um, got delivered, I never forget, I was in a hotel, Red Roof Inn. <laughs> Red Roof Inn. Right. And I will. I when I will, and and this is this not even with my ex husband. This is with my baby's father. The twenty years, I remember being in that hotel room. I remember even when I was going through it. I will after I would have sex with him. I would start crying because I would be asking God to deliver me, to deliver me, to deliver me. After I have sex, when he said he used to say to me, "You crazy because." You asked to do this, and then after you do it, then you cry. Mm-hmm. I will be asking God to deliver me. I don't want to do this no more. I, I don't want to do this no more. I, 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 it's like a quick fix. But again, from being molested at nine, you have desires that you can't even explain. So you that was my that, yeah, that was my fix. That was my fix. Um, and then one day. At the red one night at the Red Roof Inn, um, I, we was getting ready to leave, and he couldn't find his keys. I spiritually, I was like, he no longer has the key to my heart. Hmm. I said, I'm free now. I'm free. Hmm. I'm free. I'm free. I kept asking for deliverance until I was delivered. That's why I say women of God and women in relation. Ask God. Tell God. It's just like anybody that's an alcoholic. They have to come into an agreement to say they don't want to do it no more. Deliverance is available. All you got to do is talk to Jesus about it. I kept saying, God, I don't want to do this no more. I I don't want to do it. It's like when when you... you're married to Christ <laughs> mm-hmm. and you cheating on him. And even with women um, that uh, find themselves met, be, messing with married men, eventually you're going to get married. Mm-hmm. And those seeds you sow, you're going to reap those seeds. 
But if you are in an abusive relationship, mm-mm, you don't have to stay there because it's either going to be you or them. The one thing that um you mentioned was that you kept asking God for the deliverance. And that's an important factor because like I was telling people, even through my journey, you know, through going through the molestation I went through, then going through divorce then going through narcissistic um, relationships. It was one of them things where I got to a point where I didn't want to drink anymore. I didn't want to do those things anymore. It's like I had the urge to do it because it was what I was using to suppress time because my kids wasn't there and I didn't know what to do with the empty time that I had when really I should have been filling it with God, but I didn't. I'm going to be honest. I just didn't. Um, So I filled it with alcohol. I filled it with clubbing. I filled it with men. I filled it with other relationships and doing things that I I shouldn't have done. Mm -hmm. But I got to a point where I said, I don't, I need you to take this away. I can't do this. I can't do this on my own. And it's not just with alcohol. I also was in sleeping pills. I was taking sleeping pills to help me sleep at night because I used to enjoy the highness that I got from the feeling of feeling so relaxed because that's the only time I felt relaxed was when I would take sleeping pills. And it literally worked up from one pill to two pills, from two pills to three pills. I mean, popping three, four, five pills at a time because my body had gotten so adjusted to it that I wasn't feeling what I needed to feel. So I would take it again and, you know, take an additional. And I remember even thinking like, this is how bad it was. I'd be like, okay, I've had one. I've had this many at this time. I can take another one at this time because I didn't want to die. I knew that if I overdosed on it, I could have died. But it's crazy because I'll wake up the next day like, whew, I'm still here. You know, I'm still here. And then I would do it again because now I know that I can take four and nothing happened. So I started to increase with the number. And the crazy thing is, is I just remember just saying, God, I need you to take this taste away. And even, you know, walking into, you know, getting remarried and not realizing that I had a lot of baggage from the previous marriage and previous relationships. I didn't realize that I didn't deal with some things. And so I had to start saying, God, I need you to give me a distaste for the very things that I like. I need you to take this away. I need you to do this. And slowly but surely, it's like, woke up one day and I didn't have the desire. Now, I'm not going to say I didn't, I didn't do it. I did do it again, like drink some more, but it wasn't the same. And then next thing you know, I went from drinking all the time, drinking a whole bottle of wine to not having anything. And I look up now and it's like, it's been almost about eight years now. Praise the Lord. So Right. Praise God. And, you know, the drinking came first and then the sleeping pills came next. I realized that I was taking a certain amount that I was starting to take less and less and less to the point where when I have surgery, I'm like, can you give me something that's not going to give me that feeling? I, I don't want to have anything to do with it. Just give me an ibuprofen. <laughs> you okay. know, because I don't I don't want to put myself back in that situation. Because the enemy, he's very tricky. He yeah. would try to, you know, squeeze a little feel remember this feeling oh don't you want to take another one and next thing you know you're back in that same role and it's like how did i get here yeah and so but here's the big picture when you allow god to do the change when you allow him to change the things that you're trying to come up out of it's permanent but when you continue to do it on your own strength you're going to find yourself failing and continue to going back into the situation that you were trying to pull yourself out of but when you let god do it it's permanent yeah permanent yeah because we was created in his image so why not go to the father for what you need 
in this body. We're created yes. in his image, you know. So it's it's very, very important um, that your relationship, um, relationship with God is tight and right. You know, you want to make sure you're related because he's going to speak to you and he's going to direct you and he's going to instruct you um, on what you need to do and how you need to go by and how you need to feed this body. Um, Yes. You know, because again, like I say, the flesh is weak, but the spirit is always willing to align with the word, with the word of God, which is truth. Um, And what greater love than for a man to lay down his life for a friend? Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Oh my God. What a <laughs> yes. free be having Jesus. I'm telling you, um, when your relationship with him is tight and right, honey, everything else is gonna be good. Everything else is gonna be good because he gonna he gonna forewarn you. What who wouldn't want to serve a God like that that can prepare you for the next day? That's yes. why he tells you don't worry about the food that you're gonna eat. Don't even worry about what you're gonna put on next day. He he's got all of that. But yes. I, yeah, I say to any woman, any woman that is being abused, ask God to give you the strength. Uh, I meant to say this before, um, with my the the father, my child. What I had found myself doing was laying on the floor. And calling out God's name um, mm-hmm. to help me, screaming out to God. Uh, we as women should have a cry um, to the Lord because He hears our every cry, and He bet our every groan. He He can understand every groan that we have in our spirit. We have to cry out to Him to help us to see what He wants us to see in anything in life, man, any relationship. Um, but know that he loves you no matter what. But you don't yes. have to stand for any abuse, be it marriage, be it boyfriend, um, even for men too. You, uh-uh. Because you suffered yourself um, to birthing that seed that has been implanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I ain't talking about having no baby. I'm talking about spiritual birth. Um, right. If that man is mean and evil, that that seed that he done sow, it's going to be burned. So yes. you got to pay attention to that. When you see that, you don't have to entertain that. And they can yeah. say whatever they want to say. You think you all that? Mm-mm. I just know a man. His name is Jesus. He Amen. said it a pretty long time ago. Yes. So I'm no longer in bondage. Amen. Yes. Yes. Amen. Um, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, I do want to briefly say that, especially since we were talking about divorce, one of the things I wanted to mention is that when you go through divorce, we already mentioned that there's a lot of emotions that you feel. Okay. What I learned that helped me was one, getting in the word of God. Okay. I began to pray. I began to go to church. And I'm going to be honest. When I first started going to church, I did not feel the presence of God. I just didn't. It took time. I kept pressing and eventually I began to feel the presence of God and hear him. The other thing I started to do was dating myself, meaning I had to get to a place of being comfortable with being by myself, uh-huh. not trying to feel things and people in my space. Mm-hmm. I started dating myself. I started going to the movies. I started going out to eat. I literally started taking myself out. Okay. Yeah. And it's okay to do those things. All right. Yeah. And so I want you to be encouraged that just because you're facing divorce or went through divorce or facing narcissistic um, abuse, whatever it is, there's a way out. 
and begin to know who you are, especially when you go through narcissistic um, relationships, you lose yourself as a person. You don't know what you like anymore because you have conformed yourself over to what they like. And what does God word says? Do not conform yourself to the things of this world. Okay. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes. But we conform, we end up conforming ourselves to the person's likes to what they want us to do. And we completely forget about, we shouldn't be conforming to that. As long as we are, I'm keep saying it, connected to the source, God is going to work everything else out. But learn to date yourself in this divorce process. Learn to date yourself after the divorce process. Learn to know you again. Okay. And was there any last remarks you would like to say before we close out? Um, No, just if you um, keep your eyes on my Facebook page, it's changed the letter U Ministries INC. Um, and just watch what God is about to do um, in the ministry. Um, this is our eighth year for the ministry. And eight is the number for a new beginning. Yes. So I welcome you just to keep your eyes on um, my Facebook page. That's so crazy that you said eight is the um, number of new beginning. Because me and my husband about to be married for eight years. Oh. And we are getting And you know, I already kind of talked to you about some yes. things off camera. Yes. But new beginning i receive it (laughs) thank you everyone for yes thank you everyone for coming on with be the light if you need a coach if you need some help with inner healing maybe you just need some deliverance i want you to tune in and you can also um go to be the light dot live and you can be able to sign up for a free consultation to talk about your needs and what god can help me with to help you also pastor sabrina also have a book called change don't forget you can also purchase that on Amazon. And I'm going to also provide the link for those who is um, either viewing or listening because that that's, I'm so glad I said that because I'm also recording and we're actually able to see each other. So if you caught this towards the end, towards the middle, and you're like, I really wanted to hear from the beginning, just go right over to the YouTube at Zachiel Robinson and you'll be able to watch this with Pastor Sabrina Boyd. And again, we were talking about narcissistic um, abuse and divorce. Be blessed and I can't can't wait to see and hear you all on the next one. I'm no longer bound. I'm no longer chained. I'm no longer captive. No longer restrained. Delivered, set free and free to be me. Let me introduce myself. Thank you so much for tuning in to Be The Light. If you are looking for a life coach or maybe you're looking for some inner healing, please visit BeTheLight.Live. Again, that is BeTheLight.Live. And you can also follow us on YouTube for a replay of this show at Zakia Robinson. Be blessed. My name.